Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. With me today, Kimberly Majeski. So good to see you. Good to see you, Jim. And when I say so good to see you, I'm not just seeing you these days here in our studio. I'm seeing you on television <laughs> on the History and A&E Cable Networks. You are appearing as, shall I say, a talking head on a documentary that's examining the life of Jesus. How awesome is that? Yeah, Tell me about it's it. It's been lovely. It's called Jesus, His Story. And it's uh, four episodes of exploring the life of Jesus through his relationships with other people. So, for instance, you're talking, you're, you're helping to build out the story of Jesus by bringing to the audience of the documentary yeah. news and understanding of important players that were on the stage of his life. Right. So some of my research on Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, is going to be what I share in those episodes. And then I also got to comment on Caiaphas and Pontius Pilate. So it was a lot of fun. Well, I'd say a divided crowd there, some for Jesus (laughs) and some not so much. (laughs) Yeah, but I wanted to delve into Caiaphas and Pontius Pilate because I don't think that uh, we know enough about who they really were. I mean, we, we know, according to the Roman record, they existed and they were real people. And so just wanted to know a little bit more and share a little bit more about the role that they played in those final days. We sometimes imagine characters from history as cardboard cutouts, one-dimensional figures, and nobody is. Mm -hmm. Everybody is a complex weave uh, with some pluses and minuses. So I know that the documentary is worth watching, if for no other reason than your contribution (laughs) to help make everything right. Thank you, Kimberly. And we're so proud to have you here as a co-host of Viewpoint 2, not only the star of our studio, star in your classroom of graduate school and undergraduate school where you teach, but also now on television. Awesome. Well, I'm proud to be here. And as long as you keep saying nice things, I'll come back. <laughs> there we go. And every Monday night uh, before Easter this year, you can catch Kimberly right. on that a documentary on the history and A&E cable channels, Jesus, His Story. Well, you know, part of that process is to find truth. When you study history, you're trying to find the truth. Any legitimate historian is trying to understand what really happened, not to read it editorially, but to find where the evidence leads us to Mm -hmm. our conclusions. And truth really does matter. And sometimes we think that truth is is ancient history, but truth is live today. And Kimberly, on Viewpoint, in these last few weeks, we've been talking about the importance of truth and the consequences of truth and the importance of lying and the consequences of lying. Because whether you tell the truth or a lie, it has a really big impact, not just on yourself, but on others around you. That's right. We've been talking and looking at important scriptures that deal with lying, but also, Jim, just what is confronting is how much this is front and center in our lives today, in the media, in government, in relationships, on Facebook. I mean, uh, who do we trust? Who's telling the truth? Think about all the headlines about the Me Too movement, for instance. Mm -hmm. There are stories told and people say, well, that's not true. No, it was true. Or you have a political hearing in Congress. Well, that's true. No, that's Mm -hmm. not true. Or in a courtroom, that's true. That's not true. Mm -hmm. Or is that a fake headline? Is that fake news or is it really authentic news? Who is the source and what's their lens? Is my family telling me the truth? Are my children Mm -hmm. truthfully talking to me about where they went after school? Is my husband or my wife honest with me? Is my boss honest or my coworkers? I mean, when you think about it right now today in the world in which we live, people are questioning the validity and the legitimacy of truth at every dimension of human experience. That's right. And then that leads sometimes to frustration. How can I know who's telling the truth? Maybe it's just not possible to know. And then we kind of want to throw our hands up and walk away as if we don't have to make a choice about what's true or what's not. 
We're here to tell you on Viewpoint that the truth matters, and all of us are going to be in the crucible at one time or another of telling the truth or making a choice to tell a lie. And we want to encourage you to go with the truth, and we've got some stories to tell why. Water you turned into wine You opened the eyes of the blind There's no one like you None like you Into the darkness you shine And out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you you're listening to our broadcast today, you may want to give us a call and tell us a thing or two. We're always glad to hear your voice. Just dial this number toll-free, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. I'll give you the number again at the close of our broadcast, but know this, your voice is always welcome here. And truth be told, Kimberly, we're taking a group to the Holy Land, CBH is, Mm -hmm. in January of 2020. There's so many places to visit, so many amazing sites that bring biblical stories to life and history to life, true life. One of those is a little town called Jericho on the West Bank, and several famous things have happened in biblical ages in that town and still Mm -hmm. today, a dynamic place of life and energy. But when I think about Jericho, not only do I hear the Old Testament story of the walls tumbling down, <laughs> I also think about a guy named Zacchaeus, who in a, many centuries later lived in this town. 
and he's famous for climbing a tree. The story is told in Luke chapter 19. You might think, what does this have to do with telling the truth? Hey, I promise you, this is a story which at its foundation is a story about truth or dare, about fact or fiction. Kimberly, I know you have that passage straight up. What does it say? I'm in Luke 19, beginning in verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. This is one of the most compelling passages in all of Scripture. It tells me about why Jesus came. It tells me about his power of presence. Mm. It tells me how he was unabashedly unafraid to hang out with people Mm -hmm. that the crowds weren't so fond of. And it tells me about the power of his grace to call the best out of someone in his company. And it also tells me the power of telling the truth. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Telling the truth. What part of that is in the story? (laughs) Kimberly, you know some of the context. What was a Roman tax collector like in those days? So in the first century, we are talking about a time when there is the majority of people are living in abject poverty. And by that, I mean have no idea where their next meal is coming from. They live day to day. Day to day. And this is why Jesus says, teaches them to pray, give us, Lord, our daily bread right? And forgive us our debts. These are the two biggest problems they have. Don't worry about tomorrow. Every day has enough trouble of itself. That really makes sense in that context, doesn't it? That's right. And so there's only maybe 8 to 10% of people of the entire population who live above poverty and have exuberant wealth. So there is no middle ground there. There's no middle class. And so if you are a person with great wealth in this time and place, you got it at the expense of someone else. And so we get the picture here that Zacchaeus is a cheat. He's hated, of course, by his community because he works for the Roman Empire, those people who have their boots on the necks of the people in Judea. And so he's working for the enemy. And it probably is true that he's skimming some off the top to keep for himself. Well, he he admits to cheating at the end of the story. I'm going to restore to people what I have robbed from them, what I've Mm -hmm. cheated from them. Because as a Roman tax collector, he has a license, kind of an exclusive franchise to collect taxes on behalf of the Roman Empire. And he also then has the capacity to overcharge, to Mm -hmm. gouge the vulnerable. That's right. And he is building wealth based on a lie. He is Mm -hmm. actually functioning professionally in the dark side by building his own financial 
resources by taking advantage of those who do not have power to resist him. That's right. And he's stealing from them. He's telling them a lie. He's saying, it's legit for me to take this from you, when in fact he's not required to do so. He's simply exercising what he can, his power, mm-hmm. at their expense for his wealth. Mm-hmm. And what's so important in the story in the day in which we live now is that people are tempted to lie and to deceive and to betray falsely circumstances so that they can financially benefit. One of the mm-hmm. great incentives to lie is to line your own pockets. Yeah. And so there are all kinds of crimes, aren't there? Financial crimes of people in business who embezzle or steal or, or take under the table. I mean, that, mm-hmm. we all understand things like that, but we can also deceive people when we overcharge for something that we don't need to, or we take advantage that they are not well-schooled, and we just think, well, that's their problem, so we just take advantage of them. All kinds of people are tempted to be less than noble, less than honest, less than authentic, because they're driven by what sometimes is called the almighty dollar. That's true. Be very careful of your thirst for things. Because it is, as the scripture says, the root of all kinds of wickedness and evil. Zacchaeus has built a business and a lifetime of great wealth in an impoverished world because he was just exactly what the scripture says, a cheat. And to cheat is to lie. He is deceived to get his wealth. And what's the outcome for him? All of his lying, all of his cheating has got him a very comfortable house. Mm-hmm. But how about that social construct? Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of friends. No. And the people are outraged because Jesus, who's been preaching, blessed are the poor, right? I came to heal the poor. Jesus is now going over to this guy's house, and they don't understand that at all. And there is a price to pay when you build your wealth on a lie. That's right. And you might think, well, I can go where I want, take the vacation I want, buy the clothes I want, eat the food I want. Yes, yes, yes. But you'll be doing it without the company of anyone you can really trust. Mm. Zacchaeus lived in social isolation, and he lived in a world where people didn't trust him. And at the end of the day, that is very debilitating. I don't care who you are or how much money you have. It's misery Mm. because we were not made to live in isolation. We were not lived... We were not created to be despised by our neighbors. Mm -hmm. And Zacchaeus has got all that. He's got money, but he also has reaped the whirlwind. So when Jesus comes to town, he's interested in the greatest celebrity of the age. Jesus is coming. There's going to be a parade. The crowds are flocking. And yet Zacchaeus can't get close to the road. He's a man of small stature. He is a man who doesn't have any friends. Nobody's going to save him a chair. Nobody's going to give him access. He has to climb the tree. But when we come back, Kimberly, this story has a really happy ending, and it's one that speaks directly into our place and time. Zacchaeus has built a fortune by misleading other people. Perhaps you can imagine someone in your world like that today. Uh, Maybe someone in the news, or maybe someone who's been in the entertainment industry, or maybe someone who actually owns the big construction company down the block from your place. Maybe you can see yourself in Zacchaeus, because all of us have been tempted at one time or another to profit at someone else's expense because we deceived them and we're not honest with integrity in our business dealings. That's the story of Zacchaeus. But guess what? It doesn't matter how deep you are in the well. It doesn't matter how dark your past. It doesn't matter how many times you have done wrong. Jesus is in town to give you a new start. He's willing to come to your house for dinner. Isn't that part of the great 
magic of this story, Kimberly, yes. is that Jesus chooses to go dine at the house of the guy that everybody knows is a cheat. I love that. He he calls him out and says, I've got to come to your house. I, because if there's anybody in this town that needs That's me right. for dinner, it's you. That's right. <laughs> and, and Jesus comes. And we're here to tell you, don't let the devil tell you that you are past redeeming or that it doesn't matter. It does matter. And Jesus is here for you today, too. Hmm. And he wants to come to your house today. It's really true. It's possible. And as you think about that, think about what happens at the dinner table. The people outside are so incensed because all they can think about are all the wrongs that Zacchaeus has done. And Jesus is inside thinking about all the good that Zacchaeus can do. I mean, just see that contrast. The people outside have a kind of honest assessment. Zacchaeus has been a low life. Right. But Jesus also has a truthful assessment. Zacchaeus could be a good man. That's right. And as they call this together, as Jesus is in the house, we don't know what is said, but what we know is Zacchaeus turns a corner. Mm-hmm. And this is the important part of the story. He owns his lies. Mm-hmm. He stands up and says, even as others are outside despising him, he stands up and says, whoa, wait a minute. If there are people I have cheated, if there's anyone I have wronged, if I have deceived and I have profited by them, I'm going to restore to them fourfold. I'm not just going to make it straight across. I'm going to give a bonus. I'm going to pay interest. I'm going to reward them because they have suffered by me. Yeah. How different would it be? What if Zacchaeus had said to Jesus, what are you talking about? Or I'm I'm good. Right. Check I, my check my papers. I've got I've got uh, logs to show you that I haven't cheated anyone. That's right. And th- those people that are outside are lying about me. What if Zacchaeus had refused to own responsibility? Then the next part of the story would not come to pass. That's right. Because Jesus says, when Zacchaeus owns the truth about himself, Jesus says, "Today has salvation come to this house. This man has proved himself to be. Look at this." a true son of Abraham. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's a truthful descendant and heir to the promise. Jesus is here referring to the promises made in ancient time, even before Zacchaeus, of the promise of God's blessing and favor. This man is now true. He's true not because he always told the truth, but because today he is owning the truth about himself and making a commitment to sin no more. I'm going to restore those I have wronged. Yeah, he's he's making this huge statement. This is a reversal. There wasn't a worse crime in the first century um, for, for the rank and file than that person who's literally stealing food out of the mouths of children. Children are starving because of what he's done. And so Jesus uh, goes to him, seeks him out, and then this restoration happens. I mean, it just shows you that no one is beyond the reach of God. And it's never enough to simply say, I'm sorry. We have to own what we've done. And if it's within our means to make it right, we have a responsibility to do so. Wow, it seems like a tall mountain to climb, but I'm here to say, Jesus is here for you. You can't make it right by your own works of restitution. You can only make it right by owning the truth. And then Jesus is going to help you to turn the corner and become a person of grace and good and generosity. Maybe today you're wrestling with some kind of dark shadow in your life. Maybe it's not financially based, but it has to do with other conduct that you've done. But maybe you also are listening to this today and you realize in your business life, in your professional life, maybe just at the place where you work, You may not own the company, but you may not have always been honest with the company. 
wherever it is, whatever is pricking at your conscience just now, know and celebrate this. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you because Jesus loves you. And he wants to call you to freedom and to light so that you do not have to carry that anymore. And he wants salvation to come to your house too, into your life. And folks, we don't know what happened to Zacchaeus after this, except this we know. He then was free. Hmm. You can be too. How to start? Your head's spinning. You're not even sure. Oh, it doesn't make any difference. That's an ancient old Bible story. That doesn't relate to me today. No, absolutely it does. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he's right now in this conversation with you. How do you start? Take a deep breath and pray with us. Our Father, we're so thankful that you know us by name. And even though we might be hiding in a treetop, you can find us. Wherever we are right now listening to your voice in our car, in our house, in our place of work, Lord, let us hear your voice. And no matter what people are saying outside or around us, no matter what kinds of stones they're throwing towards us, Lord, help us to hear your voice calling the best out of us. Father, we admit our sin. All of us have fallen short of your best. Some of us have even stolen from other people to profit ourselves financially. We have things perhaps that we should not have because we took them by lies from other people. In other places of our hearts, Lord, perhaps we have not taken any material things, but we have wronged others because we deceived them. We bore false witness. We betrayed your commandment for the highest and best. Lord, we just admit that today. And even though we have, and you know everyone, every word spoken, every heart, every motive, every instance, Lord, you love us anyway. Thank you for loving us like Zacchaeus. And help us today, Lord, to experience your grace and love so much so that like Zacchaeus, we'll stand up and say, Whatever we've done, Lord, we want to make it right. Show us how to do it. And Lord, make us free. May we be true children of Abraham, true heirs of the promise, because we are people of the truth. For Jesus' sake, amen. I see a shatter. You see hope. I see a broken. You see beautiful And you're helping me To believe You're restoring me Piece by piece There's nothing to dirty Inside my chest Oh
Follow up with this prayer by giving us a call. Dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. 24 hours a day and seven days a week, we are by the phone. A live voice will answer. No recordings here. And a member of our Viewpoint team will be in touch. Let us pray with you. Let us hear your heart. We'll also listen to whatever you want to share with us. We're always glad to hear from you. But on the other hand, Kimberly, I know some people Maybe a reluctant to, as a first gesture, call up on the phone. How about online? What can they do? Yeah, we love to hear from you online at cbhviewpoint.org. Send us a message and we'll get right back to you. That's right, CBH. That's Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are. cbhviewpoint.org. Send us a message. Read about the ministry. But let us hear from you there. Or at the last, if you prefer, just write me a letter. Use the post office. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420. Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us on the phone, check us out online, or use the post, please, let us hear from you this week. Kimberly, so proud to know you. I'll be looking for you on TV this next Monday. Good to be with you. Thanks, Jim. And we're so thankful that you tuned in as well to our broadcast. All of you listening, thanks for coming alongside. We hope that you'll join us again next week as we continue our series about truth or dare, fact or fiction. Does it really matter? Absolutely it does. For all of us at the Viewpoint Ministry team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.